Start the new year with the latest and greatest phones from Sprint. For a limited time, be the first to get the hot new LG V20 phone and save 50% off instantly. That's over $350 in savings. Visit Sprint.com slash LGV20 or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Coverage and offer not available everywhere subject to credit and $30 activation fee. $16.50 per month for 24 months with installment billing taxes due at sale. Early termination results on remaining balance due restrictions apply. Welcome to Blog Talk Radio in high fidelity. From Daytona Beach, Florida, this is Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boom. Talking Motorcycles, the radio show that covers the world of motorcycles and motorcycle racing. We're here to entertain you, inform you of new products, and enhance your love of motorcycling. Road race, flat track, touring, scooters, vintage, you name it, we discuss it right here on Talking Motorcycles. And now, here's your host, pro race announcer and third generation motorcycle rider, Barry Boom. Hello and welcome back to the show Riders Call Home. It's Talking Motorcycles and I am your host Barry Boone. Glad to have you aboard to hear this episode. It's that time of year, uh, no matter when you're listening to this show, we are in the present moment here at uh, the Clearwater Light Studios in Daytona Beach, Florida. And I can tell you right now, it's the week between Christmas and New Year's, always a special time, I believe, for everyone, uh, hopefully Great holiday season uh, for uh, all of the listeners uh, here on the show. And some of you I know are currently gripped by some pretty serious weather conditions. Uh, however, as of the uh, today, at least here on the 30th day of December, it is quite nice in a lot of the country. A little cold front came through overnight here. We did a 150, 200 mile ride today on the 95 Harley Davidson. Had a great time. So, what are we going to do on this show? to end our year and start our year. Uh, I We're going to do what we always do this time of year. We make our last show of the year uh, three years in a row now. I believe the very last show of all the last three years in a row, if not right at it, or the start of the new year with Nikki Hayden, 2006 MotoGP World Champion, joining us here on the show. It's really going to be fun catching up with Nikki. I have lots of uh, questions for uh, Nikki Hayden, of course, both of us being from Owensboro, Kentucky, and a uh, pretty good connection between our families and all kinds of cool stuff. And so, yeah, I'm a Hayden fan. I, I kind of always have been uh, since Nikki was about 10 years old. And this particular year of his life, I think, is very interesting. Uh, going back to, or going to, rather, World Superbike for 2016. And uh, after 13 pretty much amazing years uh, in MotoGP, he is looking to be the first guy that has uh, won both the MotoGP World Championship and World Superbike Championship in history. Uh, other things I know that are on his bucket list is he only needs one mile uh, American flat track mile win in order to uh, secure the Grand Slam, and that's a very coveted thing to have. No, he'd like to have that yet, but I, I know more than anything right now, Nikki is focused on winning uh, the 2017. 
uh, championship in World Superbike, and we will find out how he looks back on 2016, his first full season in World Superbike, running uh, basically a production motorcycle after coming off of the formidable uh, Honda Factory MotoGP entry. So it's going to be fun. We're going to talk motorcycles, of course. We're going to talk a little bit of life, and we're going to talk about just the thoughts, hopefully, of Nikki Hayden. Nikki's always pretty much forthcoming. You know, he speaks it from the heart, tells it like it is. And perhaps we will all learn something in this episode of Talking Motorcycles. I'm going to take just a minute, though, and um, talk a little bit about motorcycles. Been enjoying quite a bit of riding here in Florida myself. Uh, most of you that know me know I don't own a car. So if I'm there, I rode there. And I've been doing a good bit of that. Uh, tuning carburetors, uh, all my stuff's carbureted just about except for the 2017, uh, Milwaukee eight powered, uh, ultra classic Harley. Uh, it doesn't know the difference. It's, it's just kind of a rocket, almost V eight feeling V twin, uh, quite a change from the twin cam, but we've talked about that a lot on the show. We will talk about it some in the future as well, but it doesn't know the difference in the cool weather. However, the old 58, a panhead duo glide does and so i've been tweaking the carburetor just a little bit uh, as it tends to run <clears throat> a little bit richer in the cooler temps just but it's funny uh two or three clicks on the fuel uh meter and a needle and it it's there so it didn't take much to get it dialed in the 95 classic is an evo powered uh carbureted ultra classic which I had the pleasure of putting about 50,000 miles each on four of those, 94s and 95s. So I've longed for an Evo Ultra for a long time, and we found a beautiful 14,000-mile one uh, over in the uh, Panama City, Florida area. Went over and retrieved the motorcycle. Yep, I rode it home, and it had been setting for about eight years. Uh, California bike uh, originally, so it took a little bit of coaxing uh to get it fired up and headed this way but it's needed a little bit of carburetor tweaking being a california model so we took off the catalytic converter mufflers and i had a set of takeoff new factory mufflers so we put those on and uh, it had this freaky electric door in the bottom of the uh, air box that was controlled by a solenoid it's, it's california item only in 1995 that controlled airflow so basically it felt like a one cylinder 500 cc harley but we got it home now it's running proper and uh, so we've been doing a little carburetor tweaking on everything as the temperatures have collapsed all the way down into the 40s we're having our one day of winter right now so that's what we've been doing we've been riding hope you have too it's also a good time when you <clears throat> can't ride as some of you around the country can't do right now just to catch up on your maintenance on your motorcycles. And hopefully you're enjoying uh, that as well. As for me, I've also been reading uh, some Peter Egan stuff from Leanings 3. And if you've not read Peter's uh, Leanings books, there are now three of them. I highly recommend you pick them up and start reading them. It's a great thing to do when you can't ride your motorcycle is listen to the thoughts of a really funny, really informed motorcyclist who loves all brands and all types of motorcycles. And you just can't help but sometimes laugh out loud. And sometimes it just makes you long to be able to go out there and warm up a motorcycle and, and go for a nice ride. Peter Egan, great recommended off-season reading. You can also hear Peter's thoughts uh, by looking in the archives here on the show because he was on with us about mid-year talking about his latest book, uh, Leanings 3. And pretty fun, pretty fun guy. 
All right, so let's do this. Let's uh, head to our first break in the program because when we come back, we will be uh, finishing our year and starting our year the way we have three years in a row uh, with our good friend, a great friend of the show, and a guy who, as I talked earlier, we've been watching his results here in 2016. Great job in World Superbike. Can't wait to get the thoughts of Nikki on 2016 uh, 2017, and just overall get caught up with the 2006 MotoGP World Champ. We'll be right back in just a few moments. Many thanks to our uh, good friends at Crosley Brands, Crosley Radio, Crosley Furnishings, the presenting sponsor of Talking Motorcycles with Barry Boone. Have a lot of their products here in the house. Maybe we'll talk about the solo radio a little bit later on in the show after we uh, have chatted with Nikki a little bit. Solo, the least expensive Crosley. Only $79.95. It's a must for your office desk. We'll be right back. Nikki Hayden from Owensboro, Kentucky will be on board here in just a couple of moments. Thanks for listening. Happy New Year, everyone. Brands is the leader in vintage-inspired home entertainment with a wide range of vinyl record players, radios, jukeboxes, as well as an ever-expanding line of indoor and outdoor furniture and garden decor. Today, you may know Crosley for the solid reputation they've established over the past 30 years with the well-known catalogers, retail stores, and online merchants. Tomorrow, you'll know Crosley for the products they've only begun to dream about today. Crosley, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Visit crosleybrands.com that's crosleybrands.com dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle tires in the u.s and the only motorcycle tires made in america with operations headquartered in buffalo new york dunlop has been making and selling high quality tires in the u.s since 1923 with an unparalleled championship record dunlop race tire technology transfers directly to the street Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. Welcome back to the show. Riders call home. Talking motorcycles is live here in Daytona Beach, Florida. Quick thought for all of you that ride big dual sport adventure touring motorcycles like BMW R1200 GSs, uh, B-Strom 1000s, and any of the other myriad of fine examples we have to choose from in the dual sport field today. Uh, when it's tire time, um, Metzler Turrence is not your only option. Look into a set of Trail Smarts. Not a very tech name, is it? But a great tire. It's an all-new, high-performance adventure touring tire from Dunlop called a Trail Smart. It's designed for all of us who travel on the road and sometimes do some off-roading. It's got a new tread pattern with intersecting grooves, and that increases the wet weather performance and the off-road traction, big footprint, and a silica-fortified tread compound, which obviously gives you traction and grip in the wet or the dry and helps reduce rolling resistance, which helps us get a little bit better fuel economy. Check out Trail Smarts. And at the end of this segment, we are going to give away a brand new set of Dunlop motorcycle tires. With no further ado, 
We say hello. We say Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to Nikki. Hello, Nikki Hayden. Hey, what's happening? Oh, man, it's all you uh, at the moment. I know it feels good to get back in Owensboro and get with the family and get a little rehab going. Yeah, of course. Always definitely nice to be home for the Christmas. I wasn't, uh, wasn't home for Thanksgiving, so nice to uh, be home and catch up, obviously. I wish I was, uh, you know, not nursing an injury, but that's uh, the right time of year if you got to have an injury. So uh, looking forward to rehabbing, recovering, and getting ready for the new year. I don't think that I can recall a Christmas season uh, that you or Tommy or Raj were not in a cast or in some type of recovery mode. I mean, it's time in the off season, isn't it, just to do what you got to do. How's the knee? Yeah, obviously. I mean, you know, end of the season for us, got to uh, you know, take care of any little niggle, niggle injuries or something during the season when you got time to recover and, and don't have to rush it. Unfortunately, this one was not planned at all. Uh, but the knee's doing good. I uh, tore my MCL about, uh, I don't know, maybe five and a half weeks ago now on my left knee. And uh, unfortunately, it's, uh, you know, quite serious. First time I've ever actually had knee trouble. So it's been a new experience for me. Not a great one, but learned a lot about the knees and uh, – understanding how how they work and learning uh, how to recover and come back from them. So uh, just uh, trying to get better. Well, I mean, Nikki, you know, it's, you're a professional athlete. You've, you've had a lot of injury. Anyone who's raced and done as much as you've done has experienced that. Hey, did they give you or did you get one of those little carts that you just kind of – no, you couldn't use it on your knee, could you? you? What were you on, man, crutches for a little while? Uh, yeah, I was on crutches. Uh, and then I went down to one crutch, and now I'm I'm on nothing. So uh, that's definitely nice to be off crutches. Oh yeah, there's nothing worse. Quick question for you: How how soon before you can get back on your bicycle? Well, I've been back on stationary bike, uh, so I'll go back to the doctor next week and then see what's the next step. But um, I would say I'm pretty close to being able to bicycle, but definitely. Uh, First couple of days on stationary bike were uh, a little difficult, but now I'm able to ride it, you know, enough to hard enough to get a little bit of heart rate and uh, break a sweat. So that's good. Well, I mean, two hallmarks, I think, of um, what has made you a champion, two of the biggest things really is grit and determination. And you've shown that throughout your career. Um, I don't know if you know this or not, but you were our, I think I remind you every time you come on. So, excuse me, I'm getting older, Nikki, and, you know, I repeat myself, but you were the very first talking motorcycles radio show that we did. And I totally sucked as a radio host still probably do, but I'm, I'm better than I used to be. And, uh, every year at Christmas, new year's time, we get to catch up with you. It's always interesting to me because you know, your career has been fluid. I mean, yeah, 13 years of MotoGP and, and stuff, but anyway, third year in, in a row, this is the right time. I believe to catch up with you in yeah. a special time of year for us all before we get too deep into the racing thing. Um, Hey man, uh, be sure and send a word, uh, out to Rose and Earl and Kathleen and the whole, the whole Hayden clan from us here in Florida that, uh, happy new year. Yes. It's like, it's like Santa Claus. It's tradition. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, everybody is uh, doing good. Jenny was in town. My older sister who doesn't actually live in Owensboro and actually, uh, was headed back today. So, uh, 
you know, that, I'm sure mom and dad really hated that to see her go, but that's uh, that's life. She'll be back here. Uh, I think she said she'll be home in March. I hear your uncle Marty is uh, triking a Goldwing, so a uh, new new ride for him, and and I think that's going to be be cool for for them to two up and stuff on that trike Goldwing. Yeah, they uh, actually I think he just took it last week, I guess maybe a week ago now, and uh, yeah, they're pretty excited about the little project. So uh, yeah, looking forward to seeing how that turns out. Hey, um, I want to go big picture and talk a little bit about. Um, you're 2016. I'm going to review for those of you that, uh, know Nikki, but might not know a few little simple facts about his MotoGP career, 13 years, uh, 13 seasons. Uh, Nikki last, uh, last season, you, you were named MotoGP legend, uh, in your final year. That's, I think very, very cool. Congratulations on that. And then turning the page to world Superbike in 2016, 26 starts, uh, four podiums and, uh, an all-important uh, win. Looking back at 2016, first year full-time World Superbike, Nikki, how did your end results equal your goals set at the beginning of the year? How close were you on stuff? Well, going into the season, it was a new experience, a new challenge for me, so I didn't really know exactly what to expect. Didn't have, uh, um, you know, it was a little bit new ground going into World Superbike. It was a new series, new tracks, new a new team after spending a long time in MotoGP going back to production bikes. But overall, uh, there were some fun times in the season. I mean, for me, the highlight certainly was to get a win in Malaysia. That was a really nice feeling for me and the team and uh, really enjoyed that one. Had a couple other, you know, fun races, some pretty solid podiums, a few front rows. And uh, overall, I, I enjoyed the experience in Superbike. I liked uh, racing twice in the weekend. I liked the team. I had a good uh, group of guys around me that I felt comfortable with, that we had a good relationship as far as uh, I thought, you know, thinking on the same wavelength, you know, was able to uh, make progress during the weekend and, and always uh, very communicating very well. And uh, for sure, a few races I would like to have back, but that pretty well goes with any season. But overall, pretty positive, definitely. I mean, fifth in the championship, no reason to come home and celebrate. But all things considered, not too bad. Not too bad. There were 35 riders uh, scored points, and you finished in that fifth spot. I found that I didn't get to watch all of it. I did not get to follow the championship in every round, though I checked in as as frequently as I could. And obviously the Kawasaki guys, Jonathan Ray and, and Tom Sykes, veterans in World Superbike, uh, been on, you know, same bike, same track, same everything for years and years. Uh, had their expected finish, I think, up in the top two and Chas Davies. And, but you and your teammate uh, on the uh, European Honda team, you, you, your season looked really good. I congratulate you on a, on a fifth-place finish in the points. Uh, I think anybody uh, that knows anything would say, mm, that is a very, very you know, good start because uh, a lot of the tracks I know you'd never seen before. Um, I thought your win was had to be particularly good for you. I mean, wasn't that a second-row start, if memory serves? I think I did. I think I started fourth. Yeah, was fourth there. Yep. Yep, and a wet race. Am I right? Yeah, was uh, wet in Malaysia. Um, yes, sir. Kind of uh, hadn't been wet all weekend. Was uh, 
kind of uh, very unpredictable, not really knowing what to expect. Luckily, I had ridden the bike a little bit in the wet in Aspen to kind of uh, have a base wet set up and learn the tires a little bit, but was the first actual wet race I did in Superbike. And, uh, yeah, we uh, basically did the siding lap and the warm-up lap, understood kind of where the grip was and uh, was uh, quite, you know, rain races physically are very easy, I would say, but mentally they're very demanding because uh, you have to be so precise, so smooth, and just, I mean, in the dry, you make a little mistake, you can get away with it sometimes, but in the wet, just a little bit too much break or a little throttle too early or a little too aggressive in any spot, there's no room for air, so it was... Uh, Nah, was a long uh, demanding race you, you know for you it's i could see that being mentally tougher and physically easier but do you think that's true for the guys that do not have the true amazing skill well you wouldn't say amazing but i do uh skill sets that you have on dirt i mean isn't that kind of like let it rain every weekend please Yes, I mean the rain. I normally don't uh, don't have too big a problem. Some weekends, you know, if everything else uh, fails, just uh, pray for rain. Saturday night, if you yeah. tried everything else, you don't have to set up. Um, but uh, you know, not every weekend. Let's talk motorcycles for a minute. Um, the transition from the transition from riding the um, MotoGP Honda. Uh, to uh, riding the production-based uh, CBR1000RR. How was that for you? Was it, would you call it an easy transition, Nikki? I mean, I know overall nothing about that transition would probably be easy, but just the motorcycle itself, was it easier to ride at first or was it more difficult to ride at first? No, the transition actually went pretty easy, to be fair. I uh, first got on the bike in Aragon and did some laps there, but the weather wasn't really great. But, you know, I grew up on Superbike, so I would say the feeling came back. Of course, the first few exits, the bike felt quite a lot different, just about the amount of flex and the amount of moving uh, that the bike was doing. But as you made laps, started to feel normal. The bike doesn't accelerate like the MotoGP bike, but uh, the actual lap times at some of the tracks that we go to, with both uh, MotoGP and Superbike. For me, was doing very similar lap times that I was doing the year before on the open Honda, the MotoGP bike, and even a little quicker a few times. So uh, there was definitely a little bit of transition period, but the feeling came back pretty quick. And uh, there was some different, you know, the series, we do two races in the weekend. We have a one-bike rule. So there's a few differences, obviously, the different tracks, a few things. I had to learn as the week, uh, as the season went on and adjust to. But, and and you know, go on, sorry. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Um, but, end of the year, you go. No, you. I was going to say that, I mean, there was no major. I was pretty confident as soon as I rode the bike, even though I didn't break the track record the first day. It was nice to go back to Superbike and relatively be, uh, was doing a similar pace to my teammate pretty much the first day. So I was, you know, a little bit worried because some riders, after spending a long time in GP, struggle with the amount of flex and moving on Superbike. But thankfully for me, it wasn't too big a problem. 
Yes, I've observed that. We There have been some really great MotoGP guys that just couldn't transition easily back to the production bike. And, well, as we kind of close out talking about, I think, 2016 and, and your uh, World Superbike season, uh, the last race of the year, battling for fifth in points, um, that particular race, I don't want to spend the whole show on it, but I thought it was really an interesting race. I mean, obviously... You had qualified well, I believe, second or something like that in Super Pole and trying to get that top five and then puked an engine and had to make a change. And I guess that puts you over the limit and had forced you from the pit lane. Can you tell us just briefly about that race? Yes. Well, basically, you said it in uh, in uh, uh, Qatar, the last race of the year, we were um, – Qualified second, which was my best qualifying of the year. And that's also something different. In uh, World Superbike, we have qualifying tires. And so first few races, I wasn't taking advantage of them and was happy to improve. And by the end of the year, qualifying better. But, yeah, the first race, um, the engine we had was kind of up against it was at the end of the road. And actually, I was running third in the first race, but the engine was slowing down and was definitely past uh, – past due uh was was on e i guess you could say and we thought you know they changed a few things maybe for sunday but as soon as i went out and warm up uh dropped the engine so looking back i was very lucky to finish the first race because it literally uh i finished it off like the second lap of the next practice session so if it would have happened two uh two laps earlier would have cost me a race but it finished the race, still got fourth, but uh, probably could have been a podium. There's a limit, and uh, Superbike, even in MotoGP, with the amount of engines you can use, and we'd had a couple engine failures. Actually, I had a couple other DNFs earlier in the year, and uh, because of that, I had to start from pit road. had to start, actually, pit road plus uh, plus a five-second penalty. So it uh, was not an exciting way to finish the season, but actually we had a red flag during the race so it allowed me uh, after a few laps i'd already passed a few guys it allowed me to restart uh i think 15th 15th or seven something like this and uh with only a few laps to go got a good start and was able to i think end up seventh actually passed two guys um two guys the last lap was able to still beat my teammate and was uh not exactly the way we finished off the year but that uh Steel was something that was a fun race, actually. Well, I mean, in a way, it's kind of like a win, isn't it? When you when you start from uh, pit lane with a five second penalty additional and work your way up to a seventh place finish and getting the red and stuff, I, I personally think that sounds like one of the funnest races of the year, perhaps. Well, I would prefer that win in Malaysia still. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man. Okay. Real quick. And, and then we'll go to our, our, uh, break here in just a minute. Um, Nikki, you, you know, you came back to world Superbike, and um, I think you were a real kind of feather in their cap, kind of a ticket seller for them. We know this, everybody knows this, and we knew this going in. I, for one, want to go on record as saying for your last year in MotoGP, I, I'm said on the show multiple times and to my friends, I really hope that whenever the twilight happened in your MotoGP career, uh, that you would do this world superbike thing, you know, go back and do that and get that championship. Uh, what I want to know is how, what kind of reaction did you get from the teams 
uh, from the other some of the other writers, and uh, what was the fan reaction to Nikki Hayden around the world in World Superbike? Oh, I had a lot of support. A lot of my fans kept you know following me over to World Superbike, uh, Laguna Seca. I got to race there again, which I hadn't done in a few years. Was able to get on the podium there in front of the American fans. Uh, that was definitely probably outside my win, the uh, high, the second best uh, race of the year for me. And yeah, I had a lot of support. And like I said, I enjoyed the series. Went to learn, went to a few, you know, Thailand. I had never been there, never ridden that track. Couple of new tracks. Got to go back to uh, Laguna. Still got to ride Phillip Island, which is one of the best. Uh, in my opinion. So, uh, overall, good reception. Of course, the series is, um, it'd been a while since they had an American in there. PJ was in the 600 class. Um, but, yeah, the series, uh, I mean, I don't know, open welcomed me with open arms as far as riders. I mean, everybody's um, very you know, hungry and competitive, and the last thing they want somebody coming in from MotoGP and, and beating them. So I think uh, definitely got everybody's best shot every weekend, which was nice. But overall, the series and crowd really uh, was good to me. That's really cool. And yeah, you would expect there would be some guys who would be like, eh, "I'm not this guy. He's MotoGP. He's Nikki Hayden. I'm, you know, I want to beat Nikki Hayden." I mean, that's that's kind of part of the fun of the whole thing. All right, we're going to take a quick break in the show. Our guest is obviously Nikki Hayden, and we're having too much fun with him. Going to run out of time. I know we are before we get uh, everything that we want to get into, but we got one more segment with him, and we're going to make the most of it. Uh, I want to do uh, give away a new set of Dunlops, and how we do this is from our social media, and everybody that enters and hashtag Ride Dunlop gets an entry. We put all those in a bell helmet and pull the name out, and I'm, I know this guy, and I'm thrilled to give him a set, Bill Wilder from uh, Palatka, Florida, Bill Wilder. You have won a brand new set of Dunlop motorcycle tires of your choosing. I'll be hitting you up to tell you how to uh, get that certificate and get you off to uh, safety and comfort and a brand new set of Dunlop motorcycle tires. I don't know which bike you're gonna use them on. We'll be right back. 2006 world champion, Nikki Hayden, who I believe will be the 2017 World Superbike Champion. We'll talk about that when we come back. Dunlop is the largest supplier of original equipment and replacement motorcycle tires in the U.S. and the only motorcycle tires made in America. With operations headquartered in Buffalo, New York, Dunlop has been making and selling high-quality tires in the U.S. since 1923. With an unparalleled championship record, Dunlop race tire technology transfers directly to the street. Dunlop, the only tire for your motorcycle made in America. This isn't the sound of an engine. It's the sound of a moment, an experience, of your heart beating stronger than ever. It's the sound of discovering more. This is the sound of the 2017 Harley-Davidson Touring Bikes taking you on an unforgettable journey, powered by the all-new Milwaukee 8 engine and equipped with a new suspension that gives you more confidence, comfort, and control so you feel the difference. Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models.
Welcome back to the show. Hey, in 1977, when Harley-Davidson Lowrider first rolled off the assembly line, it pushed the limits of factory custom design to a place that really they had never been. Um, and if you've not had a chance to visit your local Harley dealer, do it and do it right away and take a look. I know the new Milwaukee 8 has really been the headlines for uh, 2016 in the touring chassis, but guess what? The Lowrider S has taken this genre of motorcycles to a very new, very raw, and very powerful new edge. What they've done is they've taken a Dyna chassis, put excellent suspension front and rear on it, inserted a Screaming Eagle uh, twin cam 110 uh, cubic inch engine, and it is a feel like I can't describe to you. you got to ride it. It's really a lightweight package with a nice, big, long-stroke 110 motor, they stripped it down, they blacked it out, and then they put gold accents on the tank, the pinstriping, the five-spoke cast aluminum wheels, uh, and a really cool, uh, they call it a speed screen. Uh, I, I call it a uh, just a small little quarter fairing or less. Absolutely beautiful bike and fun to ride, and the controls are kind of a mid-range. So uh, be sure and check out the new uh, Harley Lowrider S that's uh, available now in dealerships so you can go and, and take a test ride you might even want to ride a new milwaukee eight while you are there welcome back to the show uh we are in our final segment with uh, nikki hayden and nikki uh really really fun looking back at 2016 with you and and hearing hearing some of those stories you know because that's the stuff we do not really get get to hear real quick on world superbike uh, new rules package coming up for uh, next year especially in race two what little I know about it is if you, uh, no matter where you qualified in Super Pole, if you win and, and let's say your first, second, and third place riders, I believe, winners um, in race one, then they move to uh, row three, I believe, and start way deep in the field. I don't know, but I come from Kentucky Motor Speedway stock car short tracking, and that's kind of a partial inverted field. I haven't heard your take on it, but I just, I kind of like it. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I want to wait and see how it plays out before I say too much, but it is something that will definitely make things, spice things up for race two uh, and give the fans a different race than they just watched in race one. So, I mean, maybe for a pure racing standpoint, I don't love it because it don't really reward performance, but a lot of things in life you have to, uh, sacrifice it with success so i think it could turn out to be pretty exciting and actually put on some really good races for the fans because it's not taking the winners out of the race at all i mean you're really only going back two rows and uh still plenty enough time in these races that i mean the, the fastest guy's still going to get to the front but could shake things up make it a bit interesting so uh it's certainly been divided. There's some people who love it, some people who hate it, like a lot of things and most things. Um, but let's uh, let's see how it plays out. I'm I'm looking forward to it. Maybe I'm just being a fan, but I'm also as a a guy that's done a bit of stock car racing, not a whole lot, but enough. Um, I I don't know. I kind of like it. I mean, even if you're if you're the dominant guy and you win race one going away, and you've obviously got a better motorcycle that day than anyone else, and you're that kind of guy that can take advantage of it, um, I would think in in a way it would be kind of fun to have some bragging rights that yeah they put me back to sixth and 
and I uh, and I won the race anyway, and it, and it gives the fans so much more. I, I I hope it works out really well. I know there will be times, like you said, when people are not going to like it, and some of the riders I know don't like it, but I don't know. It's kind of cool. It adds an element to World Superbike, and World Superbike, like all forms of racing, is looking to sell those tickets, you know, and get people out. But crowds are pretty big, I think, around uh, most of Europe and around the world, aren't they, for World Superbike? How would you rate them? Yes, some places bigger than others. There's a few places that certainly World Superbike has a really strong audience. Other places, there's more MotoGP crowd. Um, but, yeah, this ser- the rules that kind of remind me, you know, that's how we did it when we were kids at my dad's house. You know, and we still do it like that, you know. The fastest guy's got to start in a bike. So, uh, let's see. Uh, uh, I got a little experience, so hopefully it might help me. I mean, I hope. I'm a guy that's uh, complaining about the rule means uh, doing some good first races, if that's the case. You got a new teammate coming into 2017 and a brand new motorcycle. First, let's talk about Stefan Brottle. Personally, I've always thought he was a pretty highly, highly skilled athlete. I mean, I, I've seen him put in some incredible rides. Uh, do you know him very well? I mean, I know you guys have practiced together a time or two, but b- before that, were you buddies at all or where are you? I wouldn't say we're buddies, but I do know him and seen him around and uh, got no problems with him. So uh, I think he'll be a, a big addition to the series. Another strong German. It's kind of uh, it's a really big motorcycle market there in Germany. And uh, as you mentioned, we also have a new bike for next year. Got some good things going on with the team. Some more things probably come out soon, but uh, it's shaping up for us. I mean, the main thing for us is we need to get the new bike and get it on track. Uh, it's been Man. a little bit of a delay. We we, uh, we hope to uh, get the team still waiting to get the bike so they can turn them into race bikes. But uh, I had a chance to ride it as a street bike uh, a couple of months ago, and the bike was really nice street bike. So let's hope it's uh, just as good race bike. Well, you know, I feel like it, Nikki, that that motorcycle's timing is perfect for you. I mean, I really do. Uh, I know I'm guessing, assuming, which is very, very dangerous thing to do, but you got a real good chance to get to know the racetracks, to get to know the tires, the officials, to get comfortable with the whole package in World Superbike. And I think this ought to be a good year for the new Honda and it's long awaited. I know I can hear in your voice, you can't wait uh, to get the package. I'm sure the team is the same way, but I think it's really cool and really good timing for you. Yeah, let's hope so. I mean, uh, we got to get on track, see what it's about and do. And, you know, I got to get healthy and be ready to uh, step up when it's time. So there's definitely uh, a very good reason to be excited for the season as I mean, pretty much every year, but this year really is uh, some things that uh, should play out good for me. So let's line up and try to be ready to make it happen when it's, when I can. I'm not putting you on the spot here. I'm really not, though it might, some might think so, but I don't think so at all. Um, Nikki, I felt like the first year top five awesome and was really forecasting that, you know, your second year would be the year when you could, in fact, win the World Superbike Championship. What's your realistic thoughts on winning that title next year? Well, that's the go. I mean, uh, you know, one of the main reasons I came to World Superbike, my motivation now, my target is to ultimately be the first guy to have both world titles. It's something that hasn't been done in our sport, and it certainly will be no easy feat. I mean, for you know, I've only won one race and fifth in the championship, so I don't want to be 
sounding like a guy running my mouth, but that is my goal and that's my motivation. So let's, uh, I'm, uh, there's the target right there. And you feel like if this motorcycle is what we all hope and anticipate that the new CBR 1000 RR Fireblade is going to be, that you feel like you got a shot? I do. I uh, got to, I mean, the level's not easy in World, in world Superbike. The guys are quick, but um, I didn't see anything that, you know, made me think that I shouldn't, I shouldn't try. Yeah, I like it. And, and you know, your your history with Honda goes all the way back to the start of your career, really, in road racing and um, pretty much. And, you know, Nikki, I, when I, I don't know. I've, I've become synonymous with Harley in my tiny world. And I think in a real sense, you have become uh, a definite one of Honda's, if not their uh, pr- premier brand ambassador, you know, over time. And I mean, your name is almost synonymous with Honda. It would, I know it would feel good to you to give them that championship, too. Uh, no doubt. No doubt. Um, I'm uh, thankful for all the opportunities Honda's given me. Tried to do my best for them. Even this year, they uh, gave me the call up to come Phillip Island and ride the Repsol bike again when Danny was hurt. And that was uh, really enjoyed the weekend to be back on the Repsol bike. To I was fastest in free practice four and to go back and lead another session in uh, MotoGP, make it to Q2. Unfortunately, I got knocked off in the race running seventh. But uh, that was a nice reward that Honda trusted me enough to give me that opportunity and to call me in on short notice. So it goes both ways. Totally got knocked off, though, running seventh. I mean, there's no no question about that. Anybody that saw that knew exactly what you just got knocked off the motorcycle. But what a hell of a great race, though. What a good, good, strong showing for you. How did it feel to get back on the RC213V Honda? A lot of changes had happened in the one year you had been gone. Yeah, it was uh, really, I mean, obviously the tires have changed in the controlled ECU, but I enjoyed everything about the weekend. I wish we had a little better weather, so I could have been better prepared for the race. But regardless, to go back on that bike and that team, work with a few of the people I knew, a few people were in different positions and different things, but I will say it was uh, was really nice to be back on it especially at Phillip Island, really nice to lead a session again. And, uh, I mean, I didn't like getting knocked off, but it was a, it was a good, good experience. Learned, uh, you know, to go back in that team and see a few things, learn a few things I think uh, can help maybe even help us in World Superbike. That's really cool. That's, I mean, we were all excited for you for the opportunity and proud of the results you were able to deliver. Uh, the knee injury, uh, not to bring up old injuries again, uh, but getting the knee hurt really kind of probably sort of sucked a bit because that also knocked you out of what I think you were intending to do uh, and go race Super Prestigio this year. Am I right? Yes. Yes, that's true. I was planning to go do it this year for the first time. So uh, that was a bummer. But, I mean, you know, that was just a side deal. The main thing is uh, World Superbike. That's where my focus is. So main thing now is getting healthy for that. Did a little dirt tracking though, didn't you, with uh, Jared Meese and uh, and the Bullet Baker? I did. This winter was able to go out with them a few days, do some short tracking at Paris, and uh, was actually the first time I've ever ridden with Brad. And I've always been a fan of his style. I, I'd ridden with Jared before. Uh, that was fun, and um, was 
you know, we were just playing just a short track, whatever, but I was pretty happy with where I stacked up with them. Um, being that there's still a couple of, I mean, two of the top, whatever, three, four guys. I mean, depending on your take, but, uh, obviously it was nice to learn a few things from them and, uh, get to do some riding. I definitely put them in the top three, four, you know, five riders. I mean, no question about it. And I mean, that Indian team, when you really look at that thing going into 2017, Nikki, my goodness, um, Indian hired the three big guns, especially on the miles with, um, Mies and, um, Brian Smith and the bullet Baker. That's, that's a pretty formidable uh, team. Is anybody else going to win any miles? Yeah. Did that, is anybody left? No, it's a, uh... A lot of changes going on on dirt track. So I'm not right there every week, but next year is going to be a, a major shakeup with the rules, the tracks, everything. So see what's going to happen. Yeah, it's exciting. Um, I'm hoping you're available to come down for bike week this year. Are you, uh, do you have you looked at that schedule? Because, man, TT's uh, in the uh, trioval there at Daytona International Speedway on Twins. Really, that's pretty cool deal, don't you think? That does sound cool. I mean, I haven't actually seen the track or, I mean, let's see, I don't know all the details, how it's all going to play out, but I'm curious to see, uh, see what that looks like. Sure. I don't think, I don't think it's built yet, but I understand the, it's a pretty cool compound of dirt that I don't know if I can even talk about what little I do know about it, but it's, it's not just dirt. I will put it that way. And it's certainly not just sand. And, uh, it's, it's really, I think the best thing and but you're right uh, 2017 is a crapshoot uh in flat track we're going to do a, some extensive flat track coverage in 2017 i can't discuss those plans yet either but maybe we'll get nikki on for some color commentary sometime during the year that'd be fun but what about bike week can you make it down you know i don't even know the calendar i mean i guess it's middle of march i know we're racing I... in thailand the first or the second weekend of march so i'm not I'm not sure. I'm online right now searching. Let me look here. It's uh, the Daytona TT. The Daytona TT is going to be on March the 16th. Just put that on your calendar. And if you come down, give us a shout. We'll buy the Starbucks. How about that? I'll make a note. I'll make a note. I'll hold you to Make it. a note. March the 16th. Um, yeah, it was, uh, it's, it's really going to be fun. I mean, a lot of shakeups with all the expert guys on twins, you know, that's going to be cool. And I, I'm not even going to ask you about the whole, uh, grand slam thing and needing a mile, but you know, with the, we're all looking forward to the possibility of you, uh, yet, uh, somewhere down the road here soon, making that mile run, making a couple of them and getting you a win. I swear, Nikki, that man, would that not just be the icing on the cake? Yeah, that would be uh, that would be one last uh, box that needs picked. So let's man, let's see. It does. That's a box that needs to have a tick in it. Nikki, um, I'm gonna have to. I know we got to go. I know you've got to go. Uh, you've given me all the time in the world, and thank you so much for coming on. It's it's really great to catch up with you, and I want you to know that uh, all of us are wishing all all of you. Uh, the very best, and we're all right there with you. All right. Well, I appreciate it. I definitely feel the support from my fans back home. Uh, this year they were able to watch the World Superbike on the BN Sports. was a nice addition for, for the series, watch a lot of the races live. So uh, no doubt 
Appreciate the support. Look forward to seeing you at Laguna and wish everybody a happy new year. There you go, Nikki, and to you and yours. Nikki, thanks a lot. Enjoy the offseason. Uh, right. Best of luck and quick healing, man. We'll see you uh, when the season gets ready to go. All right, 10-4. Bye. All right, Nikki Hayden joining us here. And I, I can just hear the enthusiasm in his voice for riding the new Honda in 2017. And I, for one, cannot wait to see how that works out. I mean, it's just it's just too cool for words. We will be right back with closing thoughts in this program in just a matter of a couple of moments. And before we go into this final break of the show, I want to say thank you to our friends at Clearwater Lights. I just put a brand new set of Erica's on the 95 Electroglide Ultra Classic. And guess what? Not only can I see beautifully at night, 6,000 lumens each, fully controllable, dimmable, so you can you don't have to blind people but my gosh 6000 lumens each and they are beautiful beautiful clarity i live on the coast i deal with fog i deal with rain uh too much uh, especially in the winter time and i can tell you they're lifesavers plus the added benefit is people can see you in traffic your conspicuity in the middle of a sunny day is so much better we'll be right back with closing thoughts in just a moment This isn't the sound of an engine, it's the sound of a moment, an experience, of your heart beating stronger than ever. It's the sound of discovering more. This is the sound of the 2017 Harley-Davidson Touring Bikes taking you on an unforgettable journey, powered by the all-new Milwaukee 8 engine, and equipped with a new suspension that gives you more confidence, comfort, and control, so you feel the difference. Discover more at h-d.com and live your legend. Compared with original equipment, 2016 Touring Models. Crosley Brands is the leader in vintage-inspired home entertainment with a wide range of vinyl record players, radios, jukeboxes, as well as an ever-expanding line of indoor and outdoor furniture and garden decor. Today, you may know Crosley for the solid reputation they've established over the past 30 years with the well-known catalogers, retail stores, and online merchants. Tomorrow, you'll know Crosley for the products they've only begun to dream about today. Crosley, yesterday, today, and tomorrow. Visit crosleybrands.com that's crosleybrands.com welcome back to the show riders call home and uh, many thanks to uh, our guest here nikki hayden for joining us here at the uh, brand new show to kick off the 2017 season and what a season it is going to be. I want to talk a little bit of uh, American Flat Track just for a second. Uh, first Super Prestigio, hats off to Brad the Bullet Baker taking third. I know he'd rather have won that event, but congrats to Mark Marquez, who continues to look stronger and better with each passing round. Uh, of the Super Prestigio. It's kind of like we get an annual report card on how the young rider is doing in flat track. And I feel the same way as all of you do. I want to see him on a twin. I want to see him on a mile. I want to see him on a half mile. I just do. I can't help it. Uh, I think it would just be great for him and great for the sport. Uh, I don't know how much twins experience he's giving himself, but hopefully he'll find a way to do that. Uh, I'm looking forward to 2017. I mean, there's a lot popping, uh, American flat track events have 
now released ticket sales uh, just in time here to kick the new year off for their uh, events uh, for the eight, as a matter of fact, American Flat Track uh, events that they are promoting. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. I want to give a hats off to my friend Scotty Dubler for a job well done on FansChoice.tv at Super Prestigio. He and Gregory Haynes, I thought, just really killed it. Uh, Scotty did a, a really, really good job. Really, buddy, I thought you did an impressive job covering a sport. Uh, and I know you've wanted to go to Spain for a long time, and I'm glad, glad that you got a chance to. It was recently announced that Danny Eslick and Stevie Bonzi have joined Harley-Davidson of Staten Island race team uh, for the 2017 race season, and that's pretty cool. Um, let's see. What else should we talk about here with American Flat Track? Well, the show, we've got some amazing flat track shows coming your way here on uh, Talking Motorcycles in 2017. So we're looking very much forward to sharing all that news with you and uh, getting you up to speed on what all we're going to do, and I hope you're going to like it. Uh, I want to also uh, pass a little news along from American Flat Track that Chris Carr has been named the chief competition officer, in case you missed that, uh, which I think is you know, a real opportunity for him because he's a man who's filled with ideas, and it certainly will give him a chance to be uh, use some of those. It's also going to put him on a hot seat because being chief competition officer means you get to make a lot of decisions throughout a race weekend, and they're always spur of the moment, and you got about a million uh, armchair quarterbacks who will look back on each one of them. Some are going to be really happy with you, and some are going to think they were terrible. And uh, so it's going to be, I think, a, a career challenge for Chris Carr to do the kind of uh, job that he wants to do. All of us who know Chris know he sets pretty high uh, expectations uh, for himself. He's just that kind of guy. Um think it's all good. I think we're going to have a great year in 2017, but mostly what I want is to encourage everyone to think about one thing and one thing only. And that is how short and how finite life really is. Um, and in that, I say that no time uh, spent doing the things that you love is wasted. And that is my definition of success is if I use every minute of my life doing things that I love with people who I love and care about. And one of those has to obviously be motorcycling and that's wrenching, cleaning, riding, touring around town, uh, riding to events, uh, whatever it is, all the different types of riding that we all do. Uh, I encourage you to ride more in 2017, get out there, do the miles, have fun and enjoy it. All right, let's just do that. Let's make our, our new year's resolution uh, here on this show to uh, enjoy life to the fullest every single day and to ride more in 2017. Special thanks to our guest on this show here this evening. That, of course, being Nikki Hayden. Always great uh, to catch up with Nikki and, uh, and look back at his year in 2016 and now get his thoughts about 2017. Sounds to me as if um, he's quietly very much believing that he and the 10K Honda team can put it atop the box at the end of the year and bring home what no man or woman has ever achieved, and that is to win both World Superbike and MotoGP titles in one lifetime. I, for one, believe that 2017 could very well be the year that Nikki Hayden does that, and I'll make my forecast now that no one 
We'll work harder and be more determined at making that happen in winning that championship next year amongst all the riders than Nikki Hayden. I believe he's invigorated. I think his age and experience is going to work for him. And I believe the new CBR 1000RR Fireblade is going to be just the catalyst that Nikki Hayden needs to put the year together. Stefan Brottle tested the bike. It was fast. Happy New Year, everyone. Congratulations to Bill Wilder on his new Dunlop. Insurance-minded speeches from Geico. It's a common expression, don't look a gift horse in the mouth. However, what if the horse's mouth is filled with useful insurance tools? This is the exact case with the Geico app. Yes, the app is free and therefore a gift horse. However, look inside the app and behold, emergency roadside assistance, digital ID cards, bill pay. Get the Geico app, look it in the mouth, get amazing services. Thank you. Start the new year with the latest and greatest phones from Sprint. For a limited time, be the first to get the hot new LG V20 phone and save 50% off instantly. That's over $350 in savings. Visit Sprint.com slash LGV20 or call 1-800-SPRINT-1 today. Coverage and offer not available everywhere subject to credit and $30 activation fee. $16.50 per month for 24 months with installment billing taxes due at sale. Early termination results on remaining balance due restrictions apply.